Welcome to Hockey Night in New York, where Islanders hockey always reigns supreme. Whether you were raised at the barn in Uniondale or born in the stable at Belmont, Hockey Night in New York is your home for all things Isles. Now, let's drop the puck and get this party started. Ladies and gentlemen, it is Hockey Nights in New York. Welcome to the program, everyone. It is Sunday, October 1st, 2023. Coming at you live from Blue Line Deli and Bagels. Happy to be here. Excited to have another afternoon show here at Hockey Night in New York. Yes. October is here. Very excited to get things going. I, of course, am sitting here with my co-host, Stefan Rosser. And Enzo here. I'm here. Behind the gear. There we go. Andrew, Andrew Gross and Newsday and the Island Eyes podcast will be joining us. Can't wait to have him sit down with us. He will be here in just a moment. Stefan, Ed, how we doing, boys? Good. I watched the game last night. It was uh, They looked good. All right. Aside from that uh, little empty net towards the end, I got a little worried. Yeah, it's preseason. doesn't matter. What do you think, Steph? I'm just ready to eat a sandwich, man. I am. I can't wait. <laughs> That's the real reason why we're here. It's it's not to do the show. It's just to have sandwiches with our pal Donnie. How are we doing, Donnie? <laughs> Thumbs up. He's doing good. All right, folks. Before we dive into it, I want to thank all of our wonderful sponsors. We are happy to be presented by here, Blue Line Deli and Bagels, located at 719 West Jericho Turnpike in Huntington, and of course, 217 Carlton Avenue in East Islip. Check out bluelinedeli.com to check out the menu and order ahead. And we are very proud to let you all know that Blue Line Deli and Bagels has been nominated Best of Long Island, Beth Page, Best of Long Island for Best Deli, Best Egg Sandwich, Best Omelets, and Best Hero. So, Donnie, congratulations to you. Get your votes in. Go to Beth Page, Best of Long Island. Check that out. And vote, vote, vote for Blue Line Deli and Bagels. Also very proud to be sponsored by Main Street Board Game Cafe. Find your crowd and unplug your game at 307 Main Street in Huntington Village. And want to send out a big thanks to our brand new sponsor, Razor and Kniff, Attorneys at Law, New York's premier trial lawyers. They are ready to fight for you. Check them out at RazorandKniff.com. That is R-A-I-S-E-R-A-N-D-K-E-N-N-I-F-F. RazorandKniff.com. And, of course, a big thanks to Floored Media for helping us run the operations, getting the show underway every week in Rockville Center. So, with all of that out of the way, preseason hockey has started. Stefan, a couple of games in here. They don't count, but they are important for the for the team to get the kinks out there so Lane Lambert and the staff can iron out the lineups. What have you seen so far in preseason? Well, for sure, last night was their best showing, Saturday night. Obviously, Friday was supposed to be the game. Gets uh, rained out. I think it's the yeah. first time we could ever Rain say delay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> a little odd, but yeah. I mean, it was flooding. I mean, New York was underwater. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, it was probably what, a good call. That's what Long Island's going to be like in, what, 20 years? Underwater? Yeah, yeah. I think we're going to get the tail end before um, <laughs> we're just completely underwater. So I think we were all born at the right time. But go ahead. But in terms of the lineup, <laughs> that was more of an NHL-caliber lineup. I think the yeah. only non-NHL guy was Kyle McLean, who, who played quite well. He had that great assist to Cal Clutterbuck. But I think the biggest thing was speed. And that's not just skating. The tape-to-tape passes, transitioning, everything was clicking. Each line was clicking. And I think... You saw the Islanders and what they could be. That was the potential when everything is going right. That's what this Islanders team could look like. And I think that's something that many fans could look at and say, that's a positive. Besides, you know, the last couple of minutes or so. Yeah, and, and just like the, the win last night, you look at the loss the first night against the Rangers. They give up those quick three goals. And none of it counts. None of it matters, right? So you can brush off the first game loss. And just like last night, I wouldn't get too excited, too crazy yet because they're not playing against the full Rangers lineup. The Islanders still didn't even have their full lineup in. They had their backup goalie in. Varlamov let up up a few goals in the end there to make it a little interesting. But... You know, this is important, like I said, just so that the Islanders can figure out, you know, what they what they have. You know, you have a guy like Simon Holmstrom right now who's getting some some reps on the first line. We'll see if that continues to be the case. And you have guys like Gauthier out there. So there's a lot of uh, interesting, interesting things going on here. But, Stefan, maybe we can start talking about a little bit more about the lineup. And and with our friend here, Andrew Gross, who just sat down with us from Newsday. Andrew. How are we doing, Bob? It's good to see you, my man. Good to see you. Glad you made it down. Absolutely. Wouldn't miss this. Love it. Love it. So so let's get you in here. So, Andrew, we just started talking about the fact that, you know, Lane Lambert and the coaching staff are, are looking at the lineups here. We, we have some interesting pairings. Andrews Lee with J.G. Pajot. Uh, we have Bo Horvat and Matt Barzell playing with Simon Holmstrom right now. What are you seeing out there? How do you think this is all going to shake out? Well, I, I, I think Lane saw the same thing that I was – talking about, Stefan was talking about uh, early in training camp, that this is probably 
the right spot at the right time for Anders Lee with, with Pajot. And I think I think he's going to make Pajot better. I mean, uh, you know, it, it, he's still going to get to the net. He's still going to pounce on rebounds, and, and we know what Pajot is, right? And then, sure. And then you just decide who's, you know, is it going to be Hudson Fashing there, which probably is a really good fit unless – Hudson works his way up higher in the lineup. But, uh, yeah, you know, Simon Holmstrom and Bo Horvat's left wing, that's that's an interesting one. I'm not, yeah. sh- I'm not sure that one sticks. Right. But, but, you know, the Kyle Palmieri thing has sort of thrown a wrench in it. In, Big everything. mystery at yeah, uh, Islander yeah. Camp right now. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, and we've talked about this, right? I, I can't see him being ready for the season opener at hmm. this point. You know, he hasn't skated with the team at all. Right. He's not going to play... He, at best, he would get two preseason games, and I think even that's a stretch because uh, after Monday night at, at New Jersey, they play again, I think, Thursday, right? So Yeah, they do Thursday, Friday, then they're done for about a week, and that might be a good thing. Maybe that extra week gives him, chan- gives him a chance to get in the opening night yeah, lineup. One preseason game, is that enough? For, he's a veteran, but... Right. I think you have to plan on starting the regular season, you know, probably with a Holmstrom in your lineup. And, a, you know, Hudson Fashing is going to be there. Where's Oliver Wallstrom fit into all yeah. of this? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a, a little bit more. Uh, you knew who the pieces were going to be going into training camp, but it's how you put the puzzle together at this moment. Absolutely. Stefan, what do you got to say? And that's why preseason does matter. Yes. yes. <laughs> I mean, everyone's talking about how, you know, this doesn't matter at all, but this is what it's for. It doesn't matter in the standings, but. It's for Lambert to figure out what works, yeah. and I think it's definitely a good problem to have where you have to pick, okay, is Walsh going to play opening night? Is, I mean, these are all good things to have. I think the last couple of years, you knew was making this team and who where people were playing, and I think now you're seeing, especially with the prospects, too, a lot of them made strong plays and, and made Lambert. It's going to be a tough decision for him, for sure. So I want to focus in a little bit on Anders Lee playing with J.G. Pajot. I'm a little surprised to see that so soon. I thought that, you know, Anders being the captain, being the way he's paid, being the fact that he scored 28 goals last year, I thought that we would wait a little longer to see him getting bumped down the roster a little bit. But I do like the fact that it's happening because I think it can spread the scoring out. And as long as he can adjust his game to a checking role with Pajot and whomever's on the other side like Fashing, uh, I, I think it, it could actually benefit the team to open things up for somebody like Wallstrom to, to solidify a spot in the top six. Yeah, and I, I wouldn't necessarily lock you know, Gigi Pajot and into this checking line centers role. They're okay. going to be expected to provide offense. Particular, right. Particularly if Anders Lee is on that line, right. and, and especially if Oliver Wallstrom shows up on yeah. that line as well. So, I, I, and I, I had this discussion with Anders the other day. I, I told him, and, you know, self-depreciating, you know, <laughs> I, I said, look, to reporters and our small brains, we have to compartmentalize <laughs> this. We have to have a first line a second line, a third line, a fourth line. And I said to Anders, I was like, I know you guys don't see it like that, right? And and he was like, yeah, 100% not. Right. Anyone, he goes, you know, whoever I play with is going to be fine if it means I have to take a few more defensive zone face-offs rather than offensive zone face-offs. Whatever he goes, quote unquote. Let's just win hockey games, right? So that's what you want to hear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he's he's got the right attitude about it, and I don't think his scoring is necessarily whatever his scoring potential is this season. Be it twenty eight, twenty five. I don't know if he gets over thirty anymore. Or right. Not. Um, and, and obviously how he works on the power play at the net front. And how the power, how efficient the power play mm-hmm. is, probably going to determine how many goals Anders Lee gets this season, right. more so than which line he's playing on. So, sure. you know, I, I, I but I, I just think this, like I said, he's, he's what is he, 32, 33 right now? Mm-hmm. I, I just think playing with Pajot, because now you've got Pierre Ingvall, right, mm-hmm. and and probably you know Anders. You know, he's not going to match Bo Horvath and Matthew Barzell's speed. He's not going right. to match Brock Nelson and Pierre Ingvall or you know, whoever is on that. He's not matching that speed, but he's still a very effective player if put in the right spot, right. which is why. And, and J.J. Pajot is no, you know, turtle out no, there. No, absolutely there. not. You know, so I, I just think, like I said, uh, Anders Lee with J.J. Pajot right now is, is, is the right line at the right time for him. I like it. And I think, too, going off that is 
when Lee can make the passes and the plays along the boards to Pajot like we saw last night, I mean, that's when that line's going to be effective. And I right. think, too, you have to credit Godier for getting the puck in there. That's why I think Godier is a, a perfect player for that line as well. But also, Anders in that chat with, with Andrew and I said it's a good base to get, you know, set a foundation with Pajot. Lee's played with Horvat. Lee's played with Nelson. That way, let's say Pajot and Lee don't start together. They at least have some kind of chemistry if they have to play with each other at some point during the year. Yeah, and Anders Lee, as a former center, knows how to play responsible defensively. So if he needs to make adjustments to play, start a little more in the defensive zone or whatever the case may be, he, he has that experience. So hopefully it is a, you know, a, a, an easy adjustment for him or easy enough. And, and again, if, if that's the case, it can spread the scoring out. You can give somebody like a, a guy like Wallstrom opportunity. And let's, let's key on, on him right now. Where does he stand with this lineup right now? He didn't play last night. Uh, is that for any reason other than just you know, Lane trying to get a good look at other guys? That's the. This is the biggest question. Mm-hmm. We we asked Lane, you know, why wasn't Wallstrom part of that NHL mm-hmm. group? He said it had nothing to do with the injury. Um, I think for Wallstrom, you know, he's really got to earn it. I think earlier in camp, maybe you saw Godier come in as okay. Godier is going to be the third team forward, but the way Godier's played, it's like fashing. He's playing so well that can you not include him in the lineup? But I think mm-hmm. for Wallstrom, when he gets into that next preseason game, he's got to show something because those other guys are showing a lot. And I think. Again, Wallstrom signing his qualifying offer. This is, it's a make-or-break year for him, and I think this is the year for him to prove he's a top-six player because if he's not, there's a lot more guys here that play a bottom-six role much more effective. You, you, you talk about Gauthier and, 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 or, or Wallstrom having to prove it. We've seen, and, and look, we like Julian Gauthier, right? Yeah. And, and he's got this rare combination of size and speed. We've seen five-plus seasons of him in the NHL mm. where getting to six goals is a stretch yeah. for this guy, right? So, yeah. you know, it would be great for the Islanders if he could finally, you know, figure out how to finish. And, and, he, and he scores 15, 20 goals. But the likelihood is he's, he is going to settle into more of a, a, a bottom-six role. Yeah. And, although they love their, his speed... He's going to be tried with Nelson tomorrow, but he you talk about prove it. Julian Gauthier has to prove he can provide any kind of offensive production on, on a consistent basis. And he clearly has the shot. Lane talked about it. That was the one standout. And we saw in practice, I think one of the first scrimmages, he sniped Barn in. In overtime, he had the goal in, in the precinct game. But, yeah, the biggest thing for him is when it actually matters, can he finish? Because right now, like Andrew said, He's a big body, very fast, can get to the net. It just, if you can't finish, it doesn't matter. I think it's safe to say that he's going to survive the final cuts and make oh, the final oh, roster. Sure. I think the, re- yeah, yeah. the real question is whether he has an opening night spot in the lineup or if he's going to be a 13th or 14th forward. And, 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 and that ties back to where, where Kyle Palmieri is. And right. look, Oliver Wallstrom keeps talking about the last nine months, it, blessing in disguise. It was the best nine months of right. work in right. his life. He readjusted he mm-hmm. understands some things now that he didn't understand on December 27th before you know his knee blew up right right but he still has to go out there I, I, I asked Lane today um, and I thought you know he was uh, honest in his answer I said do you have to evaluate Wallstrom with where he is at this exact moment because Lane's job is to put the best team out there right yeah do you have to, you know, evaluate Wally on what he is right now, or can you allow yourself to project ahead a little bit when he, when the need does strengthen up? And I know he says 100%, there's no lingering right. effects, right. but we all know coming back from that injury, he has to, you know, he talked about it with me today as well. You know, he's, he's got to get some hitting in. He wants all the game right. action. So he is not... W- He's not close to where he thinks he can be or where the team thinks he can be. Does Lane have the luxury of projecting Wally to where he's going to be, or does he just have to make a decision on what he's seeing on the ice? And I think at the start of the season, he's going to make a decision on what he's seeing on the ice. Yeah, that makes sense to me. And and I think there is a handful of guys where we're all kind of wondering – you know, where do they fit in the puzzle? Whether it's Gautier, whether it's Holmstrom, whether it's Wallstrom, right? And maybe we can just talk a little bit about Holmstrom getting those reps on the first line with Barzell and Horvat. I'm not convinced, like you, Andrew, that that's where he's ultimately going to end up. I, I think that's Lane just saying, hey, you know, 
let's let's see how he looks there, you know, because I think they they're looking for the guy who can be the grinder on that line, the digger, right? The guy who can fish out pucks and make sure that Barzell and, and Horvat are where they're supposed to be so they can put the goals in the net. And we, we've seen last year Holmstrom still kind of struggling with that. He, uh, I know he sailed a, a puck over the net last night when he was set up nice in front, so maybe that's something he still has to kind of develop. But I, I got to stop you. I, I, I'm freaking tired of settling for a guy who's going to dig the puck out of the corner okay. on the, yeah, on the please, top let's line. Air, right? right, sure. <laughs> let's... Why can't you have three scores on a Please, <laughs> listen, I, I think I think the, the problem is we're trying to find out who that score is going right. to be. No, no, and, it, and it's probably not there at Horvat and Barzell's level. I, right. I'm, I'm dying to see Engvall. Engvall. <laughs> yes, we've talked about I'm dying to see Engvall with that trio. Yeah, I, I like that too. And if he was healthy, I would have liked to have seen Palmieri up there too. Because I yeah. thought I thought going into camp, it would probably would have been Engvall or, or Palmieri yeah. Yeah. getting a real shot with those two guys. Obviously, with Palmieri being out, you got to make some adjustments. But, but Stefan, where do you see all that going? Yeah, I mean, Andrew and I spoke this morning how Palmieri makes sense there. And again, I know it's one preseason game of practice, but Fashing and Nelson, what they did yesterday, mm-hmm. that chemistry. And I spoke to Nelson the other day, and I spoke to Fashing. Nelson loves that it's simple with fashing. He digs the again. We talk about digging the pucks out in the corners, but <laughs> but also too though there are a million jokes. There. Yeah, but also too is fashing was finding Nelson in the slot. It seemed every chance he had, and I think the difference is with Holmstrom is you know Barzal was finding Holmstrom, but Nelson's gonna hit the net again. Fa- right. Um, right. Holmstrom struggled at the net. I asked Lane today how do, you know how do you get him to do that? And I guess it's just consistency finding that. But again, if Holmstrom's not gonna score there. He's not. He's he's kind of useless on that top line. You need someone that's going to bury those chances because when you have a guy like Barzal out there, I mean, again, that was Holmstrom's issue last year when they got time right. to do that. Is Holmstrom wasn't ready for the drop pass, or he missed right. the net. And again, it's you know Holmstrom's great defensively, but if he's not going to score, he can't play a top six role like that. Yeah, I really think for Holmstrom, it's either third line or bust. You know, at this point, maybe maybe fourth line, depending on you know how Lane wants to use the. Uh, you know, the identity line and, and whether they can stay healthy. We know that's always a question as well. But it does the indication does seem to be if they are healthy, we're going to start with Sezikis between Martin and Clutterbuck, yeah. right? By the way, just back to Holmes yeah. for a second. Yeah. This is a completely different discussion today if he could just hit the net last night. Yeah. I mean, yeah, 100%. <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. Like, you got to take advantage of those opportunities. Right. He could have had two goals last night. Right. And then we're, we're going, oh, my God. He's figuring it out. He's He's figuring it out. You know, because, uh, what is it, four years now, this is a first-round pick. This is the Islanders' last first-round pick. When is it going to come around? He hits hits the net twice last night, and you're thinking, Barzi and Horvat are going to be feeding him those passes all season, Mm -hmm. and he's got a really nice shot. It's... You know, it's the Ryan Pulak syndrome, right? <laughs> and that's yeah. on top of the strong defense. Like, again, that he becomes a well-rounded player if he could score because defensively he brings a lot to that line. Right. And I think, again, I don't know how much Lambert loved Durando up there. He had some words. But I thought Durando looked, again, Durando scored. Again, not with that those guys, but it was just Durando is 24. He, he seems like he says he's ready. Like, he's an NHLer. He sure. wants to prove it. He scored a ton last year in Bridgeport. And I thought he's looked good in practice. Again, it's hard getting used to playing with a guy like Barzal. You really got to get it. And I think, again, that's what gives an advantage to a guy like a Palmieri or even an Engvall. They just, they're just NHL guys. They've done it at that level. And I think for Holmstrom, the best thing for him, he's waiver-exempt first off, so they don't have to pass him through waivers, is he got a taste of NHL action last year. 50 games. He didn't score. Then I'm going down to Bridgeport. He knows what he's got to do to get back up and make him fight to get back up here rather than award him, hey, you're good defensively. We think you got it. Let him, let him earn it in Bridgeport. There's a lot of prospects that, are, that feel like they're ready. Dufour took huge strides. A guy like Maggio, where, you know, he's going to have to go down there and battle. Yeah, I think uh, the fact that Holmstrom can still be sent down without, you know, any sort of waiver issues really puts him uh, in position. If, if the health, if the, everybody on the roster, Sons, Palmieri, kind of stays healthy, I think it's going to be tough for him to get into the opening night roster, but we'll see. But speaking of getting used to a guy like Matt Barzell, how has uh, the, the hopefully dynamic duo of Barzell and Horvat looked so far through preseason? Fantastic. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, honestly, and it's night. Not hyperbole or whatever. Hyperbole? Hyperbole, yeah, right. Jeez, thank God I can write because I can't talk. <laughs> but they they really do work well together. And, and Barzell, as much as I was advocating, you know, I love Barzell in the middle because mm-hmm. he's – being on the wing seems to focus him. And, and he's 
been very aggressive looking to shoot the puck and shoot from all angles. And Need to see my, it. My God, that back check, the pickpocket back check. Yeah, yet? yeah. I mean, there's been absolute and, – and you know what? He's been fun in the room, too. Yeah. Okay. I, 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 okay. You, you notice little things. He's happy. Yeah, talk a little more about that because that's what we're not seeing in the audience here. Maybe you can expand on that a little well, bit. Well, apparently he was making fun of me in the room today. Is that I right? I heard I was talking to Angbo. He's making some faces. Hey, everyone makes fun of him that's in the fair. room. That's, that's fair. No, but you t- Barzal, again, he just seems relaxed. And I think, again, okay. last year when he, get, he gets hurt, obviously he comes back. Mm. He says he's 100% healthy. Clearly no, he was no not. Way. Mentally no or way. physically. It was just a lot. And I think Horvat, too, talking to him, I said, you're getting used to it a lot mm. more. And he goes, he still has to, you know, figure things out because Barzal could get him the puck from wherever. But you watch on the ice. They just seem to create every shift. And again, Horvat takes up space. And Barzal said to me that one thing he's going to focus on is driving the net a little more. Because if Horvat and them are coming down and he's coming down the wing, the defense has to respect Horvat for a backdoor play. Sure. And Barzal could cut to the net and do what he's got to do there. And I think, again, this is the dynamic duo that the Islanders have been longing for. I was going to say, the other thing with Horvat, who, uh, Horvat, who also seems comfortable, is... He doesn't have me and Stefan or, you know, anyone in that room asking him on a daily basis about the adjustment to the Islanders anymore. He's he's here. He's part right. of the core. He's settled in. He's For got it, he's, he's got his house. You know, it's right. It's it's not new to him anymore. And look, we, we saw a glimpse of it. Those six games. Right. When when he first came. And uh, I, I, I really I'm excited for the Islanders to have a real top line. It would would be nice. (laughs) It would be nice. Yeah, look, it's nice to see that they may have picked up where they left off, where where those six games went. But again, it's preseason. Let's really see how it goes when everybody's putting a full lineup out there and and see how game one through ten looks with those guys. But but it is nice to see that it seems like they're developing some quick chemistry here in preseason through camp. That's a that's a good sign. But before uh, we, we continue on, why don't we take a little break here, get a little settled. We'll be right back. So, folks, I want to thank you all for tuning in to twitch.tv slash Hockey Night NY here at the Great Blue Line Deli and Bagels located at 719 West Jericho Turnpike. We'll be right back. If you're an Islander fan, there's nothing like a big win, a tasty meal, and great company. And Blue Line Deli and Bagels provides all that and more. Owned and operated by diehard Islander fans, Blue Line Deli and Bagels happily serves Bagel Boss bagels and a full menu of delicious food and beverages. Whether it's breakfast favorites like pancakes and omelets, specialty heroes and wraps like the hat trick and the hip check, or fresh made coffee and smoothies, Blue Line Deli and Bagels has you covered. So stop on in to the flagship location at 719 West Jericho Turnpike in Huntington or the new spot at 217 Carlton Avenue in East Islip for their familiar, friendly service and the best food around. And don't forget, you can always check out the menu and order online at bluelinedeli.com or pick up the phone and call 631-944-3222. Blue Line Deli and Bagels. Our goal is to make you a hero. Thanks for giving some time to our sponsors. Ready to talk more aisles? The train rolls on right here on Hockey Night in New York. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. The train rolls on here at Hockey Night in New York. Andrew stepped out for a moment, but he will be back. (laughs) There he is right there. So, folks, we're going to continue the conversation here. We're talking New York Islanders. We're talking preseason. We're talking lineup here. We're going to talk about the New York Islanders defense after we just talked about the forwards. And it looks like I'm going to talk about them by myself because Stefan has to you, step you have up me. for a minute. Ed, I guess you and I can talk about Well, Well, look, Ed, why don't we get your opinion on what we were talking about before on the forwards? Uh, is there anybody in particular you'd like to see on the top line with Barzell and Horvat? I, I think Engvall. Okay. I All think right. Engvall, too. I agree. I couldn't agree more. I think he's... Uh, you like the speed. I, I, wanted, I want to see more from him, obviously, because we, we, he came in uh, a little late in the game. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, you know, Engvall, Engvall's the new guy, and I want to see what the new guy's got. Okay, I like that. He got the long contract, so we'll see where that goes. Well, look, I'm going to step into the defense now. We'll wait till, uh, till Stefan and Andrew come back. Stefan, you, you good to go here? It looks like he's coming back. But I wanted to talk about the interesting fact that they, they split up the first pair. Adam Pellick 
and Ryan Pollock. Obviously, they've been a staple on this team for a very long time. And this is something I actually talked about last season that I'd like to see is splitting those guys up, seeing how Noah Dobson does with Adam Pellick as a as a true complementary first top pairing. Obviously, Noah Dobson still has a ways to go with, with his defense. We've been keen on that a lot. So we, we're waiting to find out if he can kind of clean that up and maybe a guy like Adam Pellick can help him do that. And then seeing a, a more physical defensive guy like Romanov pairing up with a guy like Pollock where maybe Pollock can kind of I suppose uncork his offense, you know, because it kind of it kind of quieted down a little bit, little bit over the last season or two, and maybe that's something he can rediscover being paired with a guy like Romanov. So, Stefan, now that you're sitting back next to me, yeah, what do you think of these? That. Uh, that's okay, buddy. What do you think of this top four right now? So, first off, I'll say is Romanov found his game in the second half, right? And I think right. the biggest reason was right. Pulak. So, I think keeping those things, those two together, is is critical. But also, I truly believe your best defensive defenseman should be with your best offensive defenseman. And Dobson, again, confidence, whether it was the, the power play or five-on-five, five, Dobson's confidence took a hit last year. And I think having a guy like Pellick mm. around him relaxes him more because, again, Pellick, when healthy, is a shutdown guy. And I think it allows Dobson right. to jump in more on the rush and gain that confidence because the Islanders are going to need him to be that offensive defenseman he was a couple years ago. I know he did it last year, but there was, I think, the last 10 games of the year he didn't score a goal. I think there was a stretch of 19 games without one. So they're going to need him to come through. Andrew, what do you think of the Islanders splitting up Adam Pellick and Ryan Pollock and trying out this Romanov, Pollock, and Pellick and Dobson pairing here? Yeah, I, I, I think it, it balances everything out, honestly. Agree. You've, you've relied on Pellick and Pollock together for so long, right? Right. Um, but last season, there were two Alexander Romanovs. And the better right, one... Right, The better one was with Ryan Pollock. Mm. And... Why not have, you know, two really, really good pairs? Right. I, you know, because Pelican Dobson are going to push each other up the ice. If it, if it goes well and Noah has his confidence, because he was scoring last year. Right. If, if he can handle the puck better and not have those defensive turnovers, and if he can transition the puck up quicker, it's going to pull Adam Pelic up into the play and I know we all talk about Adam Pellick's stick and everything he does right. in the defensive zone. But when he gets up ice, he's shown he can be a dangerous defenseman sure. up ice as well. Sure. And anything to, to apply pressure on, uh, on the opponent, I'm all for. And I really think, I, I, I think Lane's going to go with this. And then You do. I, I do think Lane's going to go with this because I, I think he's going to think back and, you know, what gives him his best chance of winning? Mm-hmm. Is it having this A-plus top pair, or is it having two A defensive pairs? Right. right? And, yeah, and that's what I was going to ask you guys. Like, Do you think this is Lane just feeling this out to see how it looks, or is this something he's looking to kind of you know, key on and bank in on and say, okay, these are the pairs I want? And I think if he does... It shows more trust in the growth of Noah Dobson and Adam, uh, sorry, not Adam Pollock, uh, Alexander Romanov to say, hey, look, these guys are ready to, you know, we can split these guys up. Dobson can play more of a top pairing role with Adam Pollock. I think it says a lot about Dobson and it puts a lot of faith in him. And, and I guess the question is if, if it pans out. I think the biggest thing, too, is if Dobson can be more comfortable five on five. Who knows what that does for his confidence on the power play and how one thing affects the other? Because I think last year right. when the power play wasn't working, it definitely affected Dobson five on five. And again, Pelic is just someone he could rely, be relied on. And I think last year, you know, they wanted Roman of Dobson to work. A pair of 22 year olds. If that worked, right. it just didn't. It, yeah. was, it didn't work at all. And it didn't work early. And I think that might have been a mistake, maybe taking the training wheels off Dobson to really also mm-hmm. Roman of new system. So I think this is the best lineup they have when Pelic is with Dobson, Roman of with Pulak. And I think, again, when you have a major question mark in terms of your sixth guy, whether it's Bolduc or Ajo with Mayfield, you want your top four defense to be as strong as possible. Well, that's where I want to go next. Samuel Bolduc, he got in the game last night. How has he looked so far? Do you think he's got a real shot to supplant Ajo in that uh, sixth spot? Not at this moment, and, and I say that off of last night's game. Bol, uh, Bolduc, it, look, the Islanders will be, I think, ultimately a better team when this guy really develops into a full-time NHL. He's got this big body. He's going to provide offense. If he figures out the defense, he's immovable from in front of the net. But 
right now, mm-hmm. I, I just saw little things. Like, he lost that puck battle at the post. Mm-hmm. Led to a goal. Right, I, right. I, I mean, in the regular, the Islanders were up 4 nothing, So, sure. it, it wasn't going to cost them the game, but you got to win that puck battle. Right, and we, we've seen that a little bit last year when he was having a rough go. A little nonchalant play. I remember, uh, I don't remember the score, but I remember there was a very specific play last season where he got beat to a puck, yeah. skating back into to, into his own end, and it just looked like he was maybe he was tired, maybe it was yeah. the end of his shift, but it almost looked like he was a little more relaxed than he probably should be on yeah. the play, and it ended up burning them, and that's the sort of thing he's going to have to weed out of his game if he wants a solid spot on this and, team. And also, and I say this is going to work better with Bolduke when he develops because going back to Noah Dobson mm-hmm. when Bolduke is a full-time NHLer he is probably going to run the second power play unit and that maybe that alleviates a little bit of the pressure on Noah Dobson to you know have to be this be it all mm-hmm. power play quarterback as well they, they, they can share the burden a little bit but <laughs> but right now I, I I still think Samuel Bolduc is you know just a little bit away from that. Okay, Steph, you have anything to add on that? Yeah, we talked about how there was two Romanovs last year. I think you could say the same thing about Bulldog. He comes up his first, and I mean his first game against Toronto. He was, I think Dobson was hurt. Bulldog was bodying Austin Matthews in the corner. He's making passes in transition. He just looks so comfortable, like mm-hmm. a, a poised vet. And then when his second stand again, leading into the playoffs, yeah, it was a tough learning experience for him. And I right. think again, like Andrew said. I think it's Ajo's right now to lose. Again, last year, Ajo okay. was the extra defenseman to start the season. It was Salo. And, right. and Ajo yeah, comes yeah, in, yeah. and Ajo had a very good season for him. And also in the playoffs, I think Ajo was their second-best defenseman. Yeah. And he just looked very comfortable. And I think, again, going back to, you know, you're doing Pelek, Dobson, Romanov, Pulak. Mm-hmm. I think Ajo and Mayfield just a more comfortable pairing. No, I agree, and we'll see how it all plays out. It's good that they still have a few games here left in the preseason so we can get another look. But, Andrew, I'm glad you brought up the power play because we're starting to see some new looks there. That we know that now they're, you're seeing it in, in training camp now. You're seeing it in the preseason games. Some interesting lineup changes, too. They got Fashing in front of the net on that first power play unit, which is, is a great boost of confidence for him. How's it look so far? Has there been any noticeable differences? We saw a couple of goals scored. Dufour had that one early in the, in the preseason there. Yeah, maybe you guys can just comment on how the power plays look so far well uh, look not to throw <laughs> cold water on this <laughs> I, I it was it was troubling to me that when lane was asked about the power play mm. after the game last night yeah he said the same thing he said all of last season you know our entries could be better holy uh, you God. don't holy, say holy cow <laughs> we're, right. we're back to this yeah and, and look you know, do four scores that power play goal that was before the team spent one minute on the ice working on the power right, play. Right. And, you know, now they're starting to work on it. And mm-hmm. Look, I'm not going to, you know, chicken little the sky's falling because they go 0 for 2 in a preseason game. Right. But it does need to be crisper. And, and Fashing, I don't think, winds up on the power play. You know, he's, okay. was, he, he was sort of a placeholder because Oliver Wallstrom's not in the lineup. Mm, fair and, enough. And Wallstrom, too, is, you know, you expect him to be the one-time option on the power play. However, yeah. however, he was behind the net, not in front. He was behind the net. And I think, you know, mm. Lane talked about matchups in terms of the handiness of, of Wallstrom feeding Horvat, whoever is in the slot there. But Wallstrom even said he was very comfortable in there, allows him to use his hands and make plays and, and see things from a different angle. I mean, I think in reality, if Wallstrom is going to be a power play force, it's not going to be from that area. But... It is a different look, and I think Yonners, I was talking to Dobson the other day, he said the biggest thing was that first pass. He said confidence was right. lost last year for a lot of reasons, but you know, it, it starts with the first pass. When you make the first pass, you execute that. It changes everything. And I think they just said last year they just struggled to make that first play, and it allowed the PKers to be aggressive and really force pressure. And I think, again, Dobson also said the goal is to get as many shots through as possible early. And I, we spoke to Rob Shrimp this summer about that, and he said that's yeah. the biggest thing is the guys at the point don't look at the net enough. And I think for the Islanders, again, you have big bodies in front. It doesn't have to be a beautiful goal. I think it just has to go in. I mean, last year, last two goals they scored on the power play, the last game of the regular season, short, quick shot from Ajo at the point. I think Lee deflected that. In the playoffs, same exact thing. Palmieri deflected it. So it doesn't have to be some crazy, beautiful, highlight reel goal. Shoot the puck on goal, get the bodies in front, and then chaos. You, I'm sorry. You, this is where we're really going to see how good Bo Horvat and Matthew Barzell are is – Absolutely. Is, you know, they, they're going to do what they do five on five. But can those two create enough chaos on the top unit to make it a dangerous power play? 
Yeah, no, there's a lot resting on both of those gentlemen's shoulders <laughs> this year. I mean, not just five on five, but also on the power play. And, you know, I guess it's good that, that Lane's finally getting some new looks on the power play because I think that was something that everybody was groaning about last season where he just kept rolling out the same guys every power play and nothing was changing on the scoreboard. And maybe he'll be a little quicker to say, okay, I'm going to try another guy here and see what happens. If Lane Lambert was the New York Jets coach, how long would he go with Zach Wilson? Like a full season? <laughs> Two seasons. <laughs> I got no. I got no dog in this race or horse in this race. I'm not well, a football guy. What we kind of add though is when we spoke to Lane at the golf outing, he did say that he's going to oversee more of the special teams. Right, you know, I right. think again, McLean got a lot of the heat for how bad the power play was, but again, it wasn't like those guys on the power play haven't scored before. These guys all know how to put the puck in the net. Dobson has shown that he can be a quarterback on a power play. Again, it's going to start with confidence, and it's going to be early in the year. Get the power play going early because if it goes. A week or so, and they're really struggling. That yeah. confidence is going to be shattered again. If they end up in a rut early in the early going, it might be something that snowballs into a, another uh, potential disaster. So if they can get out of the gate quick and maybe Horvat and Barzell start finding some magic there in the power play, hopefully that'll help. We'll see. Let's let's move on to the uh, the team structure here. They it's funny they start the the preseason out against the Rangers. They give and, and granted we know the lineups are different. They're getting younger guys in there, AHL guys in there, and all that, of course. But they obviously open up very slow against the Rangers in that first game. Go down three nothing. We kind of see the the flip of that last night, where they go up three nothing against the Rangers with more of an NHL caliber lineup. But with all of that into in mind, what are you seeing out of just the way this team is playing as far as structure goes, as far as Lane's approach, you know, his approach versus Barry Trotz, yourself, Stefan, and me, and Ethan talked a little bit about it last week. Just like where he, is he going to go with that? What are you guys seeing out in the ice so far? What what I maybe it's not on the ice, but. My observation on Lane mm-hmm. is, and I, I don't think he would ever admit to this, he, okay. he seems 100% more comfortable in this role this season. Okay. Like Stefan said, he he wants to like jump in on the power play more on both special teams. Mm-hmm. He is, to me, he seems much more like a head coach this season than an associate coach who, who just got promoted. <laughs> right, right, right. And th- there is a learning curve in sure. every role in the NHL. For sure. That, that, that's what I noticed with Lane. He's, he's, okay. You know, he's, he's always been a passionate guy on the ice. But I, I feel like his comments during, during practices that we see, they're shorter and maybe not as sweet, but th- th- they're shorter and to the point, and he's directing his team you know, he's getting him going, and he's making his point really quickly rather mm-hmm. than talking and talking and then throwing in a curse to, to emphasize everything. All so, right. I mean, structure-wise, mm-hmm. it's look, Lane runs his system. It, it's probably going to be a lot of what we saw last year and mm-hmm. where he wants, you know, how he wants to play. He's, he's probably going to pull back. You know, remember last year where it was go, go, go. Exactly. With the That's what I'm waiting to see. Yeah, yeah I, I, I think he's... He's not going to leave his goalies out to dry as much, even though, you know, if there are a couple of goalies in the NHL, you can leave out to dry. <laughs> right. like, Ilya will save your bacon more often sure. than not, but you don't want to really do that. So I think I, I, I think it'll look a little more, bit more structured, sort of like it did down the stretch when they actually squeaked into the playoffs. Well, I think those notes on Lambert are something that the fans are happy to hear. Stefan, what do you have to add there? I was going to say, you know, Lambert's system is what it is, like Andrew said, but speed is going to dictate everything with this group. I mean, in terms of you didn't have Engel for a full year. You didn't have Horvat for a full year. If Godier does make the starting lineup, I mean, every line was working last night because every line had some aspect of speed, whether it be actual physical speed or just the mental moving the puck quick. Again, I talked about it before. Their passing was so crisp that it allowed for everything. You look at Horvat's goal. I mean, Holmstrom gives him the puck in stride. If that pass is behind Horvat and it's not a fast play, right. he's not going to have the time and space to get to the net and then do the wrapper. And I think everything you saw last night, even the, the fashing drop pass, that's a quick play. It's not yeah. speed in terms of physical speed, just a mentally quick play. And Nelson, again, Nelson knows what he's doing. So I think every goal you saw last night was quick thinking. And when you could do that, 
everything changes. Yeah, no, it makes a big, big difference, and, and it's encouraging. Again, you got to you know temper yeah. your expectations as preseason, but I think there are some good things we're seeing out there from the Islanders, so hopefully they can carry that over into the remaining preseason games and then into the regular season. But I think we should take one more break. But before we do, want to talk about our friends at Main Street Board Game Cafe in Huntington Village on Long Island's North Shore. Games for sale and for open play. Food and drink, beer and wine, fun and friends. Bring the magic of phones down, eyes up, tabletop board games to your family. Our staff will help you find the right game from old favorites to the hottest new releases. We have everything from strategic to easy party games. Get off your screens for a night your family will remember. Looking for meetups to join our Magic the Gathering, Dungeons and Dragons, Lorcana, and organized play communities are welcoming for all. We also do parties and corporate events located at 307 Main Street in Huntington Village. Go to mainstboardgamecafe.com for more information. Main Street Board Game Cafe. Find your crowd. Unplug your game. And with that, I want to thank you all for tuning in to twitch.tv slash hockeynightny here at Blue Line Deli and Bagels. We're going to take that quick break. We'll be right back. Attention all artists, storytellers, and creators of all kinds. It's time to make your content stand out above the rest. And Floored Media is the place to make your visions become a reality. Maybe you want to elevate your podcast and add some video. Or turn that novel you wrote into an audiobook. Or maybe you just need the right space to produce your daily vlog. Whether you're a seasoned veteran or just starting out, and no matter the project, Floored Media has the professional facilities, exceptional staff, and intimate atmosphere to breathe life into your creative passions at every step of the process. If it's engineering, production, live streaming, or post-production, you name it, Floored Media does it all. Conveniently located in the heart of Rockville Center and only a 30-minute ride from New York City on the Long Island Railroad, your creative incubator awaits. Go to FloredMedia.com for more information and email contact at FloredMedia.com for packages, rates, and availability. Hone in on your unique voice and start your project with Floored Media. And now, it's time for What's on Tap, a look ahead at the Islanders' upcoming schedule. That's right, folks. It's time for What's on Tap. And as we said before, there are more preseason games to be played, starting with tomorrow night, Monday, versus the New Jersey Devils in New Jersey. Then Thursday, they go into Philadelphia to play the Flyers once again. And then they will close out the preseason Friday night at UBS Arena against the Devils. So two games against the Devils, one against Philadelphia. We've already seen some cuts to the roster already. We'll probably see some more as we get through the week here. What kind of roster do you think Lane's going to throw out here for these games? Are we going to see closer to the NHL here? Or do you think they're going to still give some guys a chance to maybe show what they got before they ultimately potentially get sent down to the minors? I think it's going to be like one guy here or there, you know, maybe one forward prospect for the most part. And I, I was a little surprised Lane went to the, like, any almost NHL-ready lineup in the third preseason game. Usually I, I thought it, maybe he'd wait till the fourth one. I think he's he's getting ready for the season. It, it, okay. You know, the prospects you could see today at camp. The AHL prospects are, are in one group, mm. and it's the NHL guys. So I think that's the way the lane go. You know, the way the lane goes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fair enough, Stefan. What do you got? Yeah, I, I agree. I I think again, the biggest thing for this week is you know how does Walshman play? It's it's finding again where the NHL players fit, and maybe you do see a guy like Amazio or Dufour get into one more, but mm-hmm. at the same time. You know, Lane wants to go into the season with, with the right guys in the right spot and as many games as possible without obviously risking injury here and there. I think that's what he has to do because, again, the Islanders, and Barzal spoke about it last year, is he's tired of the slow starts and having to just sneak in. And I think starting off strong, obviously, is critical. So I think having guys in their right spots, understanding what's happening, going into game one rather than still figuring things out is obviously the right move to make. For sure. And, and Stefan, I know I asked you and Ethan last week, you know, if there's anybody out of the youngsters, out of the young guys who might have a chance to surprise and maybe have a chance to stick around with the roster, let's get an update on that. Is there anybody you think that might have a shot here? Or maybe we're kind of looking at the roster that everybody's kind of sort of expecting going into the season. Yeah, I mean, I think this is the roster. I think things have changed since we last spoke. I think mm-hmm. Durando's dropped okay. in terms of where that was. He struggled in a scrimmage. I, I think Lambert loves Maggio, and I think that's one of those guys where, you know, he wants him to play for him one day. 
But again, there, there, there's no spots really for anyone to make. I think Dufour and Maggio are, are your guys right now. If there was someone that was going to make it in terms of just mm-hmm. work ethic and what you want to see, and maybe those guys are your first one and two call-ups at some point okay. this year. But yeah, I do think Durando took a hit, and I think Maggio has really just impressed because he just he reminds me of Fajing. He just goes to work. All right, Andrew, anything to add there? Uh, defensively, yeah. yeah. I, I, the, the question is, is it Ajo or Bolduc is the sixth defenseman? Right. Right. A, as I said, I think it's Ajo, and and then the question becomes, yeah. do they keep Bolduc as a seventh defenseman or do they send him to Bridgeport, get him playing time, and keep someone like a Grant Hutton or a Paul Ledoux? Well, I believe Bolduc is, is in danger of getting claimed if he gets sent down, correct? I believe that's the case. That is a good question. I can look it up. I think he is. Don't don't quote me a hundred percent. But if that's the case, that obviously then it's a it's a no brainer. Right, you can't, you can't lose him. Yeah, <laughs> I think he's a guy who's who's gonna have to stay, whether it's for the six or seven role, regardless. Right. I mean, I think that's what you have to do. It's obviously this team you're, has high hopes for him. You're uh, correct. He is so there you not waiver exempt, so oh, he then, will stay. Yeah. He will stay. <laughs> I think we know who our seven defensemen are. It's <laughs> yeah. just a matter of who's number six at this point, right? Yeah, yeah. It's, I, it's Aho or. Bolduc. And again, like we saw last year, let's say Bolduc did win it and the first four or five, six games don't go their way. Lane's going to go to Ajo. Like we saw it last year. So I think maybe Bolduc gets the first shot, but I agree with Andrew. I think it's Ajo right now in terms of putting your best lineup. But at some point, and I think the Islanders were hoping that Bolduc would really win the job and he hasn't done that yet. For sure, for sure. So we're at Blue Line Deli and Bagels, crafters of wonderful heroes here. I'm looking at the menu. You got the slap shot, the playmaker, the poke check, the butterfly. So I think it's about time to do the hero of the week, guys. So let me run into that. That's right, folks. When you hear this song, that means it is time for the hero of the week brought to you by the Blue Line Deli and Bagels. Half price hero. This week's hero is the poke check featuring roast beef, turkey, ham, Swiss, and American lettuce and tomato, and mayo on a hero. So... Folks, we're going to talk about the heroes now. We're going to get Stephens and Andrew. You're free to chime in if you happen to have somebody who you looked at this week and said this guy was playing some good hockey out there. But, Stefan, let's start with you. Who is your hero of the week? Yeah, again, he's got to prove it when it matters. But Godier for me, is my hero of the week just because he's shown that he has that shot. And, again, he's shown it in, over his career. But I think with what he's able to do with his speed and his body in transition, he can find a scoring touch, whether that be with Engvall and Nelson or Lear Pajot. It just makes the Islanders a stronger team. And we've seen him score in preseason. We saw him score in the scrimmage. And he's got an absolute cannon when he hits the net and gets it in. So I think, yeah, I think he's my hero of the week because I think he opened eyes a little bit to Islander fans. Because, again, before this year, it's it's he's fast. He's a Grabner-esque guy. He has the chance. He just okay. can't finish. And if he could finish, I mean, looks like another one of those offseason moves that goes under the radar. Yeah, hats off to Gauthier. He's looked pretty good so far. Andrew, do you have a hero? I, I got two heroes. Oh, hey, wow. why not? Yeah, one is the tow truck driver who showed up <laughs> within 25 <laughs> minutes. I love that dude. Wow, awesome. <laughs> no, awesome. But he, here's a guy, I don't know if he's a hero of the week, but I'm going to throw him out here, and he's, he's not going to make this roster. Okay. But the coach's son. John, uh, John McLean's son, Kyle McLean. Okay. He is so smart. He, You can tell this is a guy who has been ingrained in hockey since he was born. His mm. dad played sure. 18 seasons or whatever in the NHL. Kyle, unfortunately, does not have the talent, mm-hmm. the scoring talent that, right. that his father has or had. But this every time this guy is on the ice, he just makes the right decision, and he makes his line mates better. He's going to be great at Bridgeport, mm-hmm. and he's a guy that you're going to be able to call up for you know a two- or three-game stretch here or there, and he's not going to hurt your team. And, in fact, I would guess in the, in, in the spot starts he gets, he'll help your team. And I think it's good to hear that, that you have a few guys that you can run down the list of, of the Bridgeport guys and say, okay, this guy is worthy of a call up here or there. He can help the team out if, if and when somebody goes down or they need a different look. So that's good to hear. I think it's positive to hear about Gautier. It's positive to hear about McLean in that regard. And uh, I guess we'll get to my hero here. And, Stefan, you actually wrote a really good piece on Hudson oh, Fashing, and uh, I, I happened to read it from top to bottom. <laughs> and you convinced me. He, he's my hero of the week, Hudson Fashing, not only for that – but also, what a drop pass to, to Brock Nelson last night. I didn't I, – look, these are all great 
amazing hockey players. But I was like, whoa! I was like, I didn't know Hudson had that had that in him because, as you mentioned before, quick decision right at the right, right at the drop of a hat here, and it was a beautiful little drop pass. Brock Nelson picks up, he skates in on net, and he puts the puck in past Jonathan Quick. And look, I'm I'm excited for Hudson Fashion getting getting his first full season here as you know a guy with a new contract. He looks like he's playing with a lot of confidence out there, and I think this is a guy who's going to be able to help this team in that you know middle to bottom six role. And when called upon, perhaps on the power play to step in front of the net if and when it happens. But I think I have high hopes for for his role for Hudson Fashing. So he is my hero of the week. And I think the biggest thing with Fashing is he earned Lambert's trust so quickly last year that, again, if you play him on the second line, third line, or fourth mm. line, he's going to bring his A game. And again, you know, I asked Lane about what he wants to see from Fashing. He played with Nelson. He said just his game. We saw Fashing change his game a little bit because he knew what he had to do, get Nelson the puck. And every chance he could... He got it, crisp passing, those drop passes, things like that. And if you're going to give Nelson those opportunities, that's going to be really good for the Islanders. And we've everybody's talked about just what a hard worker Zach Parisi's been, right? And, and just like how he's always putting it out there every shift. And maybe Hudson fashing, maybe not in the goal department, but maybe he's the guy who can, you know, pick up that slack if, if Parisi ultimately doesn't come back to the team, which it doesn't look like it's going to happen. Right, and, and, and now that Hudson's getting a little power play time, you know, Zach was all he played in all situations yeah. power play pk 5 on 5 mm-hmm. hudson could be that kind of guy I think so. I think he's going to have a real chance to be a utility guy on this team, getting on special teams, whether it's PPPK, and then obviously in that probable you know, third-line role next to J.G. Pajot. So uh, great great heroes all around there, gentlemen. Uh, Ed, how are you doing? You've been, you've been great here, nice and quiet on the side over here, I'm, running uh, the chat. I'm talking to people. <laughs> How's it looking in the chat, uh, buddy? We're, we're, uh, we have a few questions brewing. That's, that's what I'm looking for, so why don't we get into it? Why don't we, why don't we hit the button? Hit that button, buddy. You're so good at it. It's time for <laughs> questions, bro. I forgot we had the new so one. Go ahead. Ask us a good one. <laughs> Ask us some questions. Just by the way, Sean does these. So why don't we pop the screen in there, too? I don't know what you're talking That's not me. I hired a guy to do that. No way. So welcome to Questions Brewing. So, Ed, why don't, you, uh, why don't you take it away here? What do you got for us? I'm going to start with DTMR0729. Okay. Questions Brewing. Any way they make a push for Jevin Toes in the offseason? <laughs> Devin Taves. I, I don't think he's he's leaving the Colorado Avalanche. I, I, I miss him too. I do, but 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 his time on the island has come and gone. You're just going to have to close the book. I, I, I heard Lou offered the Avs a couple of second-round picks to try and get him back. <laughs> yeah, I think he's pretty comfortable uh, alongside Cal McCarr, and he'll probably take less to stay there. Yeah, I don't think he's looking to leave. Lou, Lou offered a third-round pick to take both of them. So. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that'll, that'll go over well. Ed, what else you got? Uh, Trotty in 19, he left, but uh, we'll still uh, get his yeah, questions in course, there. Yeah, of course, yeah. Why wasn't McLean fired with the ineffective <laughs> power play? You saw that one coming to my Yeah, way. I think so. Stefan, you want to field that first, or I can take it? What do you want to do here? Well, I think, I think McLean being back just so that there's an onus on the players. I mean, we know, we know McLean probably struggled and didn't change and make those changes you thought he should make earlier, but the fact that he's back is Lou's way of saying, guys, this is, it's, you guys have to get it done. And sure. again, we talked about it earlier. These guys aren't guys that don't know how to score. They've scored before, and if the Islanders are going to do anything this year in terms of getting into the playoffs before game 82, the power play just has to come through. And again, too, it takes so much pressure off. You know, those 2-1 games could be 4-1 games, you know, 3-1 games, things like that. So, yeah, they need the power play to work. But again, too, McLean has to step it up as well. If things aren't working early, changes. Anything to add there, Andrew? I mean, Johnny Max, lose guy, right? <laughs> right. I, I mean, you know. But is he Lambert's guy? Doesn't matter. He's Lou's guy. Yeah, <laughs> I guess so. I guess so. No, no, I mean, I, Lane and, and Johnny Mac, you, you see it. They, mm-hmm. they communicate well. They, they you know, it, it was you know, when, when Lane says, I'm going to get more involved in. Mm-hmm. I think that was good for him to say, too. It, it, yeah. He had to say that. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, but uh, no, uh, Johnny Mac gets a second season because. You can't keep recycling through these power play guys, you know. Yeah, and and it reminds me of when way back in in Bar- I think it was Barry Trotz's first year at the helm, and he had and he, Scott, Scott Gomez was yep. it was a carryover, and then the power play was struggling then, and everybody was you know hashtags you know fire Gomez, and and then he and then he didn't come back the following season, and they still struggled, and then it was like okay, is it the next power play coach's you know fall too, or is it just you know a, a personnel situation? Well, it's definitely a personnel. Yeah. I mean, and then. Johnny Mac doesn't get fired because the per- if it's a personnel thing, that's on Lou. That's not on John Mac. Right. And Lou doesn't 
need to take that on, right? <laughs> yeah, and, and listen, I get it. You, you know, you see something such as the power play failing as miserable as it did last season, and, and your first thought is going to be somebody's head, head has to roll on this, right? I, I get it. But you know what? Like, it does kind of start with the players here, and, and maybe some more onus gets put on the coaching staff if they still can't figure out a way to do it. Because, I mean, we've said this too on the show, and I, Andrew, I'm sure you would agree, they do have the horses to have a successful power play. They have guys who can score. They have guys who can make plays to, to fool the defense, fool the goaltender, to create scoring chances here. And these guys are playing at the highest level. They know how to score on the power play. It just hasn't been working out for them. And, and yeah, hopefully we see some more looks, you know, uh, maybe some different strategies, some different lineups, whatever it is, because we know what happened last year just wasn't working. And, you know, and, and, and the thing is, if, if they bump themselves up to the 20th overall, 15th overall, is everybody going to come into the chat here and be like, John McClain, he figured it out. You know, is all the credit going to go to him for that? Hey, the Islanders, when they first got Horvat, they were good on the power play. I yeah. Mean, they weren't average. They were I think good. it was 36% right? in those Yeah, they games. were yeah. good. And did Johnny Mac do anything differently <laughs> right, in right. February right. that he did in November? It's, right. it's the personnel and how they are executing. All right, Ed, what do you got next? Uh, the next from Mr. Tom Boyle. Uh, T-Boyle. Spe- speaking of firings, I'm actually going to combine two <laughs> questions. Uh, this uh, one has to do with Lane. Uh, so do you see Lambert getting fired if they start off very slow? And I think we touched a bit on Durando before, but he would also like to know, does he make the team? No to Durando, and what was it? When's Lane getting fired now? Tom? If they start guess, off slow, yeah. How year. long of a leash how, does Lambert have? Yeah. How long? How long does he got? I don't think. I, I don't think a very long one. Okay. Because even though we believe, or I believe, that Lou has a new three-year deal with the Islanders, mm-hmm. I don't think Lou has a long leash. Okay. So. If Lou doesn't have a long leash, Lane has got a short leash. I think that's fair to say, Stefan. Anything to add there? He nailed it. Uh, that's it. <laughs> I mean, no, he's, he's right. I think, again, what happened last year, again, you have to see Lane take the steps. Mm-hmm. You know, like every right. player, you got to see them. And if they don't grow, then you got to cut them loose. Okay, fair enough. Ed, what do you got? Next from NZEB09. What's up, NZEB? Actually, I like this question. Okay. If they said, if they said the Islanders' power play wouldn't score a goal all year, but they wouldn't give up shorthanded goals, would you take it? Uh, no, 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 no. no. You, you take a few shorthanded goals if you can have a decent power play. <laughs> Very interesting question, but there's just there's not the right balance there. No, I mean, it, you, you take your average, what, four to six, seven, you know, uh, shorthanded goals against, right? Yeah, More, yeah, give or take. You're, yeah, you're going to score 35 to 45 power play goals <laughs> right. during a season, and you're going to give up six? No, I'm not making that sure. <laughs> no, I don't think so, but, but I like the question. Ed, what do you got? Next one from Enzeb also asked, okay. uh, what's the one thing this team needs to needs for them to happen, for them to go far in the playoffs? Execute. Okay. <laughs> Obviously. Who? Wins. Who? Every, everybody. <laughs> right. And if Wins they don't execute, someone's going to get executed probably. Cut. Damn. Yeah, you know. Yeah, no, I mean, when, when you get to the playoffs, five-on-five five goals, you know, become that much harder. The power play has to be a thing. A <laughs> thing that functions. Seriously. Right. Yeah, I mean, yeah. And, 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 and Lane can't be talking about zone entries anymore. <laughs> We're done right. with those. <laughs> right. Yeah. And hopefully a guy like Pierre Engvall helps out with that. It can't just be Barzell being the one carrying the puck into no, the net, right? No, there are two units. They there. obviously miss names like Devon Taves and Nick Letty. Those were guys who did a great job of carrying the puck into the zone and had a, had a, you know, a lot to do with a, a more successful power play some years back. But, yeah, I mean, they need guys that, that, that have to be able to carry the puck in the zone. Hopefully, Engvall proves to be one of those guys, you know, whether it's on the first unit or second unit, that doesn't matter. Maybe Noah Dobson, you know, improves in that area, too. I mean, this is a guy who we're all saying he has to be more reliable on the power play, but that's, that's another way to do it is become a guy who can carry the puck from the defensive zone and get it into the offensive zone so they can set up. So you, Yeah, you just spoke on that. I mean, also transitioning. Uh, they struggled yeah. so much to get the puck out of their zone last year, and I mm-hmm. think, again, it starts with that. You cannot make plays, and, again, you're tired and you're turning the puck over in your own zone and guys like Barzell and Horvath are out there, well, when they get to the red line, they got to dump and change. It, right. it changes everything in terms of how 
effective the offense can be. Yeah, and I think just further to the to the question, you know, what needs to happen or change for them to get into the playoffs? I mean, I talked about all the, the question marks and what-ifs last episode. And, yeah, there's, there's a decent amount of things that have to fall into place. Do all of them have to fall into place? No, I think it starts with health because we've seen that this team can struggle when some of their top guys just aren't out. You know, maybe that questions, you know, how much depth they have, you know, filling in for those spots. But I think when you when you have a situation where you don't have another Adam Pellick on the team or you don't have another Matt Barzell or Bo, Bo, Hor, Bo Horvat on the team. There you go. Thank you. Yeah, I, I struggle with that name sometimes for some reason. But, but you know, you saw what happened well, when Barzell went down. Before. And they, they, they changed their structure, and they actually played a lot better with Barzell out of the lineup. Does that mean, you know, <laughs> they can do without him? No, absolutely not. But but I think it starts with health, and then it just it really it really does key in on the power play there. And, and you need guys to, to grow, like Dobson and guys like Romanov. And, and hopefully it goes from there, and, and, and hopefully, yeah, they can get out of a first round wherever they end up. You know, I'm sorry, you know what would absolutely sink this team beyond everything Tell you us. just mentioned? Let us know. Any sort of long-term injury to either Sorokin or Varlamov, because uh-huh. this this organization <laughs> is paper thin in net. Yeah, once, that's a once good you, point. Once you get past yeah. the NHL, mm-hmm. you know uh, Corey Schneider was good for in a pinch for a game here or there, right? But he's he's retired now. We're we're watching. Jakub Skarek, in, 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 he's not ready for the NHL yet. Uh, Ken Appleby is not ready. Lennox is not ready. Tikkanen is not ready. If Sorokin or Varlamov go down, they, they lose. Uh, it, it, it's going to be a hard time. Yeah. Well, well, now that you've put the fear of God into everybody <laughs> listening on the show, hopefully uh, nothing like that happens. But, uh, Ed, do you have any more questions for yes, us? Yes, uh, we have this just in from New Wave Halifax. If the GM, coach, and team have to execute, then what place in the Metro Division shows success? Well, one okay. a, pl- a playoff spot for sure. Okay, yeah, you I, can start there. Again, I think I think the Islanders will finish in a wild card spot, but I think the biggest difference is to take eighty-two games or not. If the power play is four, five, six percent better, they sh- they should make it before the last game of the season. I think again too is the Islanders don't mind sneaking. Like they don't want to sneak it, but they don't yeah. mind being underdogs. Right. Sure, you want home ice, obviously, but you know, this is a team that's very comfortable not being a top seed. They haven't been. So Yeah, yeah, I I'm done caring where a team <laughs> finishes okay. in the Eastern Conference. Okay. I because doesn't we, matter. We we see it time and time again. What, what happened to the Bruins last year, right? I mean yeah. and that's just the most recent example. Sure. You know Sure, it'd be great to get home ice advantage, mm-hmm. but I, I'm not sweating that. Just I, mm-hmm. I think you said it best. Success, get into the playoffs. Right. Everyone says this is a team built for the playoffs. I believe that, you know. And yeah, uh, we, they just got to get in. But you know what? Success is not going out in the first round again. And, yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah. So uh, get into the playoffs. Be a contender. And and with Ilya Sorokin, who knows? Anything could happen if he stays healthy, Andrew. Uh, well, I'm not jinxing. I'm not jinxing. <laughs> Knock on the wood, right I here. just got to bust your chops. But, <laughs> look, I think if, if I'm talking early predictions for me, I think the ceiling for the Islanders is, is challenging the Rangers for that third spot. I do think the Rangers could potentially be vulnerable there. I think a lot of those question marks that I talked about have to be checked checked off by the Islanders in order to make that happen. I don't necessarily think, you know, they're just limited to being a wild card. I think that's the safest bet. Yeah. Out of out of where they could where they could fall and then if some of those questions get answered the wrong way, then yeah, I could also see this team missing the playoffs if, if things don't go the right way. If if, you know, again, Rom- uh, Romanov doesn't be the the better Romanov from last year. If D- Dobson can't figure out on the defensive side, if the power play doesn't happen. You know what I mean? There, there's definitely a lot of things that that has you concerned, but I think if if those things fall into place Sure, maybe they get into a, a two three battle with a team like New Jersey. You talk about the Rangers too, and Andrew and I were talking this morning. In ter- goaltending, huge again, mm-hmm. quick has really struggled. And again, you look at the Islanders, right? You have Sorokin who's going to steal you games. Varlamov not only goes in there and you, tr- Varlamov can also steal you games, and that's why the Islanders have the advantage. Jersey, they're not aiming a starter in terms of goaltending. They have a lot right. of question marks. The Rangers. Sure. If something happens to Shesterkin, then we just talk about the Islanders. Yeah. Oh, the Rangers are, are more done. screwed than the Islanders. <laughs> no, exactly. Seriously. Seriously. Although the, the, the difference 
The difference between the two, and I think Varlamov is going to steal you more points than yep. Jonathan Quick. 100%. Right? I think that's safe to say. But the Rangers do have Louis Domingue, or however you pronounce it, the, we'll the, ex, the ex-Penguin. Mm-hmm. He's their number one AHL goalie. Mm-hmm. He has NHL yep. experience. The Islanders have no one like right. that. And I think that was a bit of an off-season failure on, on Lou's part, not to get that veteran guy that mm. you can stash in the AHL. Sure, sure. Ed, you got anything else for us? Yeah, we got another one from Ed Zepp. They're just rolling in as we yeah, go. Yeah, why not? You know? yeah. What style did they play this year? More offensive like they tried in the beginning of last year or more defensive strategy? Okay, we kind of touched on that earlier, but uh, I think uh, I think what they're, they're probably going to go more towards the defensive strategy just because of how much success they had in the latter half of the season right after Barzell went down, but you guys are free to chime in on that. But again, with, with speed, they can play that defensive structure and spring people on odd, right. more odd man rushes. Again, last year you didn't have that speed. They had to create a lot and make a lot of plays to get offense going. I think with the defensive structure – whether it's you know Pelix springing someone or Dobson, they ha- they are so much more so much stronger on the rush now than they were a year ago. So they don't have to be guns blazing. Everyone's got to get up on the play. They could do things from the D zone and up. The, the, the Islanders, if things break right, mm-hmm. they have the chance to have two what you would call dangerous lines with Brock Nelson and Enval, yeah, sure, and Horvat and Barzell, right? If things break right, right, and. and we all know how that usually goes, right? But <laughs> they don't have to be this, you know, play a turtle, you know, turtle shell defensive, mm-hmm. you know, win two one games. They don't have to do that, but mm-hmm. that doesn't mean they're not going to play a defensive system. Right. I, I think they're still going to emphasize goaltending out and play a oh, bit of, of a course. safer yeah, style. I, I, yeah, I think that's the way they go, and when, it'll be interesting to see. When but. Lou Lamarillo is. GMing right thirty years from now, it's still still going to be built from the net on out for him for sure. And I think we have time for one more if we have one. I think that was the last one. All right, so unless anyone has anything, so folks in the chat, thanks a lot for hanging out with us. Appreciate all the questions, and I think with that we can wrap this thing up. So, ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you all for tuning in to Hockey Night in New York live here from Blue Line Deli and Bagels, the flagship location at 719 West Jericho Turnpike in Huntington. And hit tuning in to twitch.tv slash hockey night NY. Want to send a big thanks to our pal here, Andrew Gross of Newsday and the Island Ice Podcast. I believe you have an episode coming out soon. Dropping tomorrow, yep. There we go. Tomorrow. Tune in for that after you listen to this show, obviously, but definitely check that out. The Island Ice Podcast. Also want to send a big thanks to our sponsors starting with none other than our great presenting sponsor here blue line deli and bagels again check out the flagship location here at 719 west jericho turnpike in huntington 217 carlton avenue in east islip and of course check out the menu at bluelinedeli.com want to send a big thanks to main street board game cafe located at 307 main street in huntington village find out how to unplug your game at mainstboardgamecafe.com and once again, a big thanks to our brand new sponsor, Razor and Kniff Attorneys at Law. Call 516-742-7600 for a free consultation today. And check them out at RazorandKniff.com. Once again, R-A-I-S-E-R-A-N-D-K-E-N-N-I-F-F.com. And of course, a big thanks to Floored Media for helping us put everything together at Hockey Night in New York. So, folks, I want to remind you all, rate review and subscribe we're here it's october hockey is here regular season not too far away we're going to be rolling out regular shows every week very excited about it so folks remember rate review subscribe tell your friends spread the word and of course follow us on social media stefan where can we follow you on the twitter yes stefan underscore rosner s-t-e-f-e-n underscore r-o-s-n-e-r and at the hockey news and nhl.com andrew where can we find you I'm sitting next to you all the day. That's no, true. You have been here all day. No. <laughs> A gross Newsday, newsday.com backslash aisles, uh, I think, and Newsday TV. There you go, Newsday TV, and you can follow the show at Hockey Night NY on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Threads, X, everywhere, TikTok, all, all the places. So if, you, if you're not satisfied with watching one video at one place, you can watch it at another one as well. But we're everywhere, and of course, YouTube as well. The music's over. So with that, folks, thanks again for tuning in to Hockey Night New York. (laughs) We'll see you next time.